You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. This is both an honor and a responsibility of monumental proportions to appear before you today on behalf of the Republic of South Africa. While South Africa's foreign policy has always favored a two-state solution, the prevailing conditions suggest that unless such an approach deals with the inequitable offering of land to Palestinians, the dismantling of all the illegal settlements, the rights of return to all Palestinian refugees, such a solution may solidly disenfranchise lead to the disenfranchisement of the indigenous people of Palestine and concretize the prevailing injustices brought about by decades of apartheid settler colonialism. A just solution for all who legally qualify to live in historical Palestine would need to be negotiated with the assistance of the international community. The inordinate delay in achieving a fair and just settlement has resulted in an unending cycle of violence. A clear legal characterization of the nature of Israel's regime over the Palestinian people can only assist in remedying the ongoing delay in achieving a just settlement. In this regard, on the legal questions placed before the courts by the United Nations General Assembly in Resolution 77-247 of 30 December 2022, we wish to make the following submissions. South Africa cannot overstate the significance of this advisory opinion for the Palestinian people, more especially the legal characterization of the situation of occupation and the imposition of the system of racial oppression and apartheid, which have unconscionably been permitted to continue for far too long. The occupation alone has persisted for 56 years. As the UN Special Rapporteur on the Occupied Palestinian Territories explained in 2022. The occupation by Israel has been conducted in profound defiance of international law and hundreds of United Nations resolutions with scant pushback from the international community. Consequently, Mr. President, that defiance by Israel has already led to the killing of tens of thousands of Palestinians, including an estimated 30,000 killed in the past four months alone. These are not mere statistics, Mr. President. They are flesh and blood of the Palestinian people. Therefore, we must ask, when will Israel's decades-long impunity for widespread and systematic human rights violations and violations of peremptory norms of international law end, if not now? The Palestinian cause is one which resonates strongly with the people of South Africa. That is because the Palestinian struggle invokes mournful memories of our own struggle against apartheid, uh, segregation, and oppression. Ours is an experience aptly referred to by the United Nations Security Council in 1980 as a crime against the conscience and dignity of mankind, and as being incompatible with the rights and dignity of man. It is not without a measure of irony that one notes that this painful experience of our past 
has enabled South Africa to make a significant contribution to the development of international law on apartheid. We as South Africans sense, see, hear and feel to our core the inhumane discriminatory policies and practices of the Israeli regime as an even more extreme form of the apartheid that was institutionalized against black people in my country. That was a South African ambassador to the Netherlands, Vusmusi Matonsela, making a presentation on behalf of South Africa at the International Court of Justice. But to help us unpack uh, what has come out of that uh, ICJ uh, process so far, uh, we joined on the line by Simon P. Elaine Handy, who is executive director of the Handy Concept for Connecting People, a global think tank. And it's so good to have you with us once again, Simon. Welcome to Update at Noon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Happy New Year. I haven't spoken to you since the beginning of the year. Indeed, and all the best to you as well. But looking at the latest developments and what's happening at uh, the ICJ, uh, these latest proceeding uh, with the international conversations paving a way uh, for one would imagine a much needed peace policies that need to take place, uh, you know, looking at the Israel-Palestine situation. Uh, But what do you make of the timing of these conversations now by world leaders? I think that the time is ripe uh, for uh, a final resolution of the conflict, which has been uh, uh, taking, I mean, forever to resolve. Uh, The very nature of an occupation is to be temporary, uh, pending the re- peaceful resolution of a conflict. But this one has gone on for more than 75 years, and I think that uh, there is an emerging international consensus that uh, the time has come uh, for, uh, for, for the world community to put uh, a final end to this conflict. And I think that uh, South Africa has played a significant role in resuscitating and being the laboratory for the resuscitations of some sort of human conscience. The notion that the world is not just a vast stretch of lawlessness and that uh, wanton acts of killing, uh, you know, uh, can no longer be accepted without accountability. And and I suppose uh, uh, the rest of the world watching on thinking there needs to be action, Simon. Um, you were at The Hague yesterday. In terms of what is currently happening at the ICJ, in terms of these conversations, what exactly are they meant to achieve in a concrete fashion? Yeah, normally uh, the opinion uh, does not have uh, an implementing you know, mechanism to compel the parties. But as you know, the um, the, the ICG uh, uh, opinions are very influential in terms of moral standing, in terms of public opinion, and then every single opinion has actually become law in the sense that they're integrated in practice by member states and they have uh, consequences. Uh, as you have seen, there has been now a slight change uh, in, in the verbal, verbal pronouncement by the U.S., which is uh, really talking for the first time uh, for, for, for a ceasefire. So the influence uh, basically refers to, number one, the public opinion influence, and then secondly, um, the uh, the moral standing, they carry an enormous weight. They have uh, diplomatic uh, consequences. And they have also um, the ability to remind us that we still live uh, in a society which is governed by, you know, norms, uh, basic norms 
of common decency and, and, and the laws of humanity. So, Simon, just finally, what can we expect to happen over the next few days in The Hague? Uh, in the next few days, I mean, you're going to have uh, basically more than 50 states that are going to be uh, taking a stand, uh, you know, focusing uh, on the apartheid regime that, you know, they allegedly believe Israel has imposed on the Palestinian people, calling it a colonial system. And, uh, you know, all the speakers demanding that the court put an end to the occupations and have illegal settlement removed. And I think that uh, all of these state, um, uh, all of these statements uh, are absolutely damaging uh, for the, the for the image of, of Israel, who who has actually which has been uh, labeled or coined up to now as the only democracy in the Middle East. Well, Simon, we have to leave it there for today. But thank you so much. As always, uh, Simon P. Elaine Handy, who is executive director of the Handy Concept for Connecting People, which is, of course, a global think tank. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.